If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst movies of all time and talk about them. Horror movies of all time, not just movies. That would be silly. Uh, my name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben. How are you doing? Hello. How the devil are you? I am the devil good. Thank you. The um... devil good. On yeah, top of the world. Doing right. Yeah, absolutely. As much as you can be in today's modern society, I am yeah. absolutely bonza. I'm doing all right. That's good. Um, you've had a, you've had a fresh haircut, which always puts people in a good mood, right? I feel a little bit lighter. You're getting a bit of coolingness than the uh, around the old ears, <laughs> around the old ear rolls. Making sure yeah. you're not too making sure you're not too hot in this uh, warm weather we've had recently. Oh, it's still warm, isn't it? It's still Ever warm. So hot. Ever so, yeah. not let up. I thought we'd have a little bit of downtime, but no, ever so, ever so sweaty. Pretty much every waking moment. I That's think. all right. Soon be Christmas. It will soon be Christmas. That is correct. Uh, and you know, and then as I always say, the next step on the never-ending conveyor belt towards death. Yeah, like that um, Xbox advert where the little baby gets fired out of the maternity ward, flies through the air, turns to an old man and crashes into the grave. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's terrifying really, isn't it? But uh, time is fleeting. And when time is fleeting, what more can you do to uh, improve your mood and, you know, just pass pass the time than uh, enjoy horror movies? You could uh, enjoy horror movies, enjoy some jolly good friends talking about them. Just the two of us again this week. In case everyone knows, Luke hasn't lost his voice or anything like that. <laughs> he's just but not he's, decided to chip in yet. Yeah, he's um, but he's he's got a lot on. He's uh, in creative demand at the moment. So we've told him, Luke, come on, when the fun stops, stop. The <laughs> <have a> rest. <laughs> if anything, you know, the fact that me and Andy aren't in creative demand just goes to show 
Uh, how popular what, Luke is. <laughs> how popular he is. And not, that's not to take away our talents, which we have by the... Absolutely. By the, by the bin by the binful. Oh, by the binful. I was going to say bucket load, which is far smaller than a bin, unless you mean like a, a, a wheelie bin rather than a waste paper bin. I mean a big wheelie bin, so it's so big. A wheelie bin, okay. Yeah. That's good. But, but Luke's but Luke's but Luke's by the by the skip, I guess, if we're going by <laughs> receptacles for rubbish. By the skip. Skipfuls yeah. of demand for his talent. So Yeah. You said give, a, good give skip. a little rest. Have a little rest. Nothing more satisfying than filling up a skip outside the front of your house, is there? Oh, then seeing it go. Bye. Bye. All that rubbish that was in my life is now gone. I yeah, do like my a trip. My life's a bit lighter. Life's a bit lighter, yeah. Well, I'm not much of a skip person. I, I do like a trip to the tip. Not meaning to make make so many rhymes. I enjoy oh. a trip to the tip. That's uh that feels feels like I'm getting a weight off my mind. Love a tip trip, especially when um your particular tip is a place where you like throw the rubbish into the receptacles off like oh, yeah. a precipice. Oh, that's good. Yes. Satisfying. Um broken like like tiles throwing throw, watching yeah. them fall and smash into a billion pieces probably not a billion uh that's incredibly satisfying oh i tell you what ben not to get off topic for skip talk here on the horror hangout <laughs> podcast what? but i think the time that i was most rewarded by the universe i was taking some rubble we'd been breaking up some some like hardcore rubble some big big old rocks basically just boulders that we were taking to the tip to get rid of did you proper... punch a boulder like Chris oh no Rico? i didn't quite do that but as i got there i mean it had been misplaced in the hardcore rubbish instead of the thing but i think it was a gift to me down below as i looked at the rubble and debris in this skip what would i see but a pristine looking but a discarded out of my reach forever guitar just down oh, there okay here's me yeah an acoustic guitar and here's me nice. with like big rocks i was like yeah, I'm gonna hit that and hefting them. What, oh, satisfying, what, the what a satisfying nice. noise! Uh, which chord did you hit? Was it a minor or a major chord? Um, I reckon it was a minor, it was quite a sour sounding twang when I got it. Oh, well, you know, that guitar had a, probably had an interested, varied life. Um, and you gave it one last moment of, of glory. Of I mean, glory. it looked yeah. fine, I didn't examine it closely, it was at the bottom of a pit. But um, I assume it was in there because it was haunted. Maybe there was an Annabelle in it or something like that. So in many ways, I've saved the day. Maybe there was an Annabelle in it or maybe someone had dropped their plectrum in it, which, you know, when you drop a plectrum in an acoustic guitar, that's it gone forever. Yep. The guitar is ruined, essentially, because every time you pick it up, it'll make that little clunking, jingly jangly noise. Can't get Brilliant. it out. No matter how much you paid for that guitar, sling it. Sling it in the tip. Sling what it. is the point? Okay. Got rid of that. That aside... Yeah. That real life opposite of horror. What a great pleasure that was. What's in horror news this week, Ben? What is in horror news? So there's a few things. I thought it was worth mentioning that um, the prequel, the Predator prequel, Prey. That's a lot of P's, isn't it? Yeah. Alliterative prequel, Prey. Pro- promotion. Uh, Predator prequel, Prey is out on Friday. Friday. And it, it um, premieres on Friday. Premier- that's much better. Premieres on the precipice of the preak. So the Predator prequel Prey is on the precipice of premiering. It premieres on on Peacock as well. Or does it? I might have read that wrong, but let's just say it does. (laughs) 
It's on Disney Plus in this country, though. Yeah. So Ruining the, it. Yeah. The pre- Predator prequel, Prey, premieres on the precipice of the of Peacock this Friday. Um, and it's going to be the next episode. Um, we've already released the lineup for August, so there's a few new releases. Obviously, today's doesn't count towards that, but we're going to be covering Prey, Nope, which obviously was released slightly later in the UK than it was in the US. That was at the end of July. We're getting it like mid-August. Uh, we're going to be doing Orphan. Orphan. That sounded weird. How I pronounced the Orphan that. first kill. The Orphan. We're going to be doing the Orphan first kill. Um, yeah, so some brand new releases. And I thought I'd mention Predator prequel Prey because, as far as I can tell, reviews are looking hella positive so far. Absolutely shit saying, hot right now, right? Finally... Finally, a perfect Predator prequel. Finally, a perfect Predator movie. I know it's the first Predator prequel we've had. What is it? Yeah. 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 Um, afterwards, aren't they? Yeah. Look, so I, I am looking forward to it. I'm going to... Oh, it's a shame it's not in cinemas, isn't it? Because I think it would have been a... It would have been a good cinema film. Cinema. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. Looking forward to us chatting about it. Um. Uh. And we've not really covered much of the Predator franchise on this podcast. I know we've done Alien versus Predator, and we've done The Predator. Yeah, but we've never done never done original, original recipe. recipe. No, maybe we should do a double of the original recipe Predators. Yeah, it's like it's really weird. It's like going right. What are we going to cover on this? We're going to cover the Alien films. We're going to start with uh, Alien uh, Resurrection. Yeah. I think we've done all the Alien films now. Yeah, but we've anyway. done them. Completely. I digress. Looking forward to this. Um, I've avoided pretty much everything after the first original trailer, which I did watch. Didn't see much. I can see loads of different trailers, TV spots and everything popping out. Um, brand new posters being fired out. At God knows who, what rate. And I've avoided. Same. I'm so I'm so surprised I've not seen a Nope spoiler either. I think I've seen minor Nope spoilers. But yeah, I've seen, like I think we said last week, I've seen some out of context ones that are like, oh, I can't believe that was, and it's just a description of some action. And I was like, oh, okay. Stop reading. Yep. Yeah. And the uh, same with the same with Prey stuff. I've I've watched that first, the first actual trailer. So there was the, you know, we saw those few seconds once and then we saw an actual like minute and a half trailer. Yeah. Since that one, I've not watched anything else because I was like, I'm, I'm going to watch this and it looks great. So that's enough. I know. I'm doing my best. Um, I get much better watching trailers these days. I used to consume as much as I could, and then the movie was all, always a bit ruined, especially when things that didn't that didn't appear in the movie were from the trailer, and that was a bit frustrating. Uh, moving swiftly on from that is the FX Alien series is apparently currently filming. I mean, it's not major news. We haven't got any other things. So it won't even begin filming to next year. So who knows when it's going to happen after that. And also, this is a weird bit of news. You don't normally see this. <laughs> the writers apparently delivered all the scripts for the series. <laughs> As if that's like... A bit... Have you delivered all the scripts? Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. delivered them. Yeah, done, yeah. Done all the um, scripts. And it says the the series may premiere 2023. I mean, if it's not filming till next year, let's say early 2024. Yeah, tell me it. about it when you've got a firm date. Come on, FX. Come on, this isn't a... And FX apparently say, expect a scary thrill ride set not too far in the future here on Earth. It's going to be set in 2024. Um, but Contemporary yeah. when it comes out. 
So we've got that, and obviously we've got the Fede Alvarez um, alien movie. It's being described as an original standalone feature. So again, if you're a fan of, of Xenomorphs or any of those Xenomorphs, that's a weird pronunciation. I'm pronouncing things all over the place today. If you're a fan of the Xenomorphs, you're going to get a lot more of them. Doesn't look like we're going to get any Ripley. Maybe we'll get a Ripley um, relation. Ripley's Nan. Ripley's Nan. Ripley's Nan has got it going on. <laughs> good, good pronunciation <laughs> fix there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll get something along along those lines. Um, I read some of the pred, not the Predator. I read some of the Alien comics not too long ago. Not the newest series that are out with Marvel. I looked back at some fairly recent stuff, like uh, okay. within the last five years. Can't say I got on with it massively. No. Um, just. I don't think it, it's one of those things where maybe I need to give it another shot. I still have it, but like I need to dive in on it a little bit more because I think when I was first reading it, I found I wasn't necessarily immediately engaged by the characters. I'd be like, oh, who's this guy? Have I paid attention yeah. to who this is yet? It's difficult, isn't it? It is difficult because you kind of, in, in a franchise like that, you kind of think, right, who's the main character? They are a Ripley or a Hicks or a bishop or a new like it, it's rare that it, well that's our that's our own fault so. or maybe it's just the world i live in like i think you sometimes maybe the stuff i'm least interested in in alien and the the franchise is the oh yeah there's a company and it's terrible i'll get enough of companies that are terrible in in in, in my everyday life then <laughs> Any <laughs> company, right? Well, there's a company. They're making they're making loads of money. They don't care if people die because they're awful. This sounds um, like a dystopian future that would never, ever, ever happen. Uh, yeah, I'm too unbelievable, if you ask me. Yeah, so that's it. I'm I'm so I'm so shocked that a company is irredeemably evil. Going, should we should we sacrifice a big old colony full of people just to get some aliens? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, go um, on. Yeah, just yeah. I, I find that I'm the least interested in that, and I found that for the ones I read, that was given a lot of a lot of panels, a lot of oh, the company, watch out for them. Oh, the uh, There's always a company in there, but they and when the company gets like a sort of reset, like this company's all right now, you know, is it? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. They're, they're well into you know human rights and all that stuff. And as time goes on, you go, it's the same company. It's Billy, Billy Bishop again, isn't it? But this time, is he a man or a different robot? Who knows? Nobody knows. He doesn't even know. So, yeah. so yeah. yeah I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I might need to give that particular one I read another go. But I'm still looking forward to reading some of those. And I'll still go and watch this. Still go and watch this oh, new yeah. one as well. This new series. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and another last piece of news, which I thought was pretty damn interesting. I only saw this just before we, uh started recording so grady hendrix um the author his second novel my best friend's exorcism which was released in 2016 which he describes as beaches meets the exorcist which is set in the late 80s during like sat satanic panic high school friendship demonic possession a movie adaptation is on the way not only is a movie adaptation on the way it will debut on amazon prime on the 30th of september 2022 but that's um, very soon. But that's immediately soon. It's in the immediate future. The, I can only that's the opposite of the Alien FX series that's in the distant distant future. <laughs> yeah, that's give right us some now. news like this Alien FX series. Give us some news where you go. Guess what? Yeah, 
We've just had a meeting and it went very well. This 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 TV show will be made. Oh, great! Well, that, I mean, it's the se- I mean, bear, bearing in mind that we did we've seen the same thing this week on Stranger Things five. It's like day one yeah, of writing true. the series, and they've. Yeah. Tell I think me I even done. retweeted that as if to say, "Oh, look at us then." They've drawn a logo as well. Yeah, that's a waste of time. Just write the logo. Don't tell you what, you could, have, you could have written down some ideas if you'd just written it on the... It's going to get wiped off anyway. It's a whiteboard. And it took up a lot of room on the whiteboard. How much more room can you get on there? You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, this film is... I don't know. if Did you read the book, My Best Friend's Exorcism? I have not read it yet. I've got it on my ever-growing reading list because content is infinite. But um, yeah. Love, yeah. love, love Grady Hendrix. And I would say this is probably my favorite grady hendrix book i really enjoyed it Pro- probably worth going back and reading it again because i read it just a, a few years ago and it's probably worth a, a reread before this comes out but yeah looking forward to this christopher landon oh wait no he's just a producer so damon thomas is directing he directed some of penny dreadful apparently it's got the same producers happy death day and freaky so that could possibly tell you what kind of vibe we're gonna go for. in that case i'm now doubly into this this sounds great the, set in 1988, horror in the 80s. It's so in right now, um, of course. And yeah, this should be should be great. Looking forward to it. I, I don't think there's anything that's been released, like maybe like a a, a still, but no poster or a trailer or anything like that. So if, if it's out next month, probably eat, not too crazy to expect something soon. Anytime soon that we'll get something then. Oh, speaking of trailers and everything, I guess the the end of, well, last bit of news. We talked about the other episodes we're doing this month. Be remiss of us not to say that we're closing the month with Fright Fest, the UK's biggest um, like horror movie festival. Yes. Um, We're going to be covering it in some capacity. You're beginning to line up. you know screeners and things from the various publishing publishing agencies now right so we've got a busy month of watching as much content as we can so we can talk about as much of it as we can as well content much more loads more than fright fright fest (laughs) fright fest glasgow um so yeah look look forward to see i'm not sure exactly what films we're going to be covering currently but we we are going to be covering as much as possible and possibly talking to some directors as well i i i hope so it's early um, early in the month yet we'll see what we can see what we can get lined yeah. up we'll, we'll cover again, as much as we can these might not be films that we cover on the episode however things that are being uh premiered there are going to include the new movie from neil marshall called the lair uh the sequel to terrifier terrifier 2 barbarian which i think we mentioned the trailer mentioned about the week yeah there. Starring uh, Pennywise himself. What's his name again? Scars? No. no. Uh, it is a Scarsguard, but which Bloody one Scarsguard, is it? Isn't it? It's one of them Scarsguards. Um, what else? We've got a, a movie called Piggy, uh, which I've seen a trailer for already. Uh, Dark Glasses, which is the um, new movie from Dario Argento. Very exciting. Um, and absolutely bloody loads of other stuff. Mate, there's a lot, lot of uh, Discovery movies as well. Uh, a couple of trailers I've seen for things such as Bitch Ass. Yes, that's right. That does look uh, good. <laughs> it does look good. Uh, Croc, creature feature. Love a creature uh, the eye, feature. The Eyes Below, Cult of VHS. Um, absolutely loads of stuff. So if, you, if you're interested in finding out what's being shown at the fest, tickets are on sale now. But also, if you go to frightfest.co.uk, you can see the lineup there. And tune in on, I think... 
31st of July is when our episode will go live. August. August. Thank yeah. you. That's why there we go. That's why we're co-hosts. That's, you know? it, that's it. Thank you for showing up, Monty. It's all right. 31st of August when we will be covering that. Uh, very much looking forward to it. How exciting. Oh, yeah. And, and the movie. You might see a trailer for this called Fall, which looks like a vertical... Well, I was going to say a vertical cliffhanger there, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. A reverse cliffhanger. They're not oh, hanging but... on. It's after, it's after they've let go. It's after they've let go. Yeah. Yeah. That, if you're scared of heights, then, you know, you might be scared of heights. So seek some help for that. Don't know what you can do. Um, but Stay yeah. low, I guess, if you're scared of heights. Best low, you can. low, low, low. Yes. Um, that's it. That's it for news. That's all I've got yeah. down. Have you consumed anything with your eyeballs i tell you what ben i've been i've been watching a little bit let me tell you what i've been oh. watching um so i finally got around to watching vhs2 it's a shame luke isn't here because i know he's a big fan of vhs2 um you, you've seen it right yeah but not it's hard ages. to separate them because they're, they're they're shorts aren't they so vhs2 is see if i can do them in order oh it's so the one with safe haven it's the one where he gets a. There's the one where he's got an eye, yeah, like a, a an eye that lets you see ghosts. That mm. was a good one. Not the eye. Um, there was um, man on a bike ride meets zombies. That was a lot of fun. Oh, there was the there is the cult in Japan, um, that was that was a very freaky one. Um, it was again really kind of dynamically made, really visceral. It was a good little short and then there's the i think it finishes with the aliens and um um that Club one's apparently alien abduction that's the one that's the one that one's very rude though because it hurts the nice little dog so oh. yeah but um i did like it it was probably i think the strongest of all the vhs things i've seen i think i quite like all of them so um i haven't seen vhs viral which i hear isn't as good but um yeah i really liked vhs too that was excellent I also has, has a new VHS movie been confirmed as well. Now, now I don't want to go backwards and start talking about uh, talking about <laughs> talking about horror news, but I'm pretty sure I saw a headline which said that there was a new VHS confirmed. VHS ninety four. That's that's already happened. That's the one we've seen. Yeah, that was the last one we watched. I swear, there's an, there's another one which has been confirmed. I may have just you carry on a second, and I will confirm. This yeah, while you're looking that up, I will tell I will tell you and the people listening that I've also gone back and started watching more classic Twilight Zone. Um, you know, I think I mentioned it briefly. Oh, yeah, time. like really, really rewarding storytelling on some of the ones I have watched in these early ones. Like, despite the fact that it is. Um, you know, horror in its nature or strange things that are happening to people. It's wonderfully written. And the story of one of the early ones that I that I watched, it was called uh, Made for Angels or something like that. A very, very sweet story as well. So there's a good bit of range to it in these early ones that I've that I've seen. Um, yeah, I'm gonna carry on working through those old classics. I also watched Crimes of the Future. Not the new one, but the oh, original. Okay, okay. The original. I am going to watch the new one at some point. I thought I'd watch the original first. Yeah. Um. Have you seen the original Crimes of the Future? Don't think so. I didn't care for it. Okay. It was. It was 
I would say, I don't know, it's David Lynch movie, which, you know, surrealism is part of the of the deal that you get into, you know, that you get into this for, but it was yeah, it, it was too strange and disconnected <laughs> and art house for me. It's a lot of too much hard work for me. I just want to chill out and watch a lovely yeah. movie, mate. Just six shreds on. Don't want to see a bunch of and I'm not I'm not saying this just to be rude to them. But they are by the end, big old gang of pedos. I don't want to see a big old gang of pedos like sniffing at each other's feet for for fifty five minutes. You don't. I don't I mean, actually. It's... You've it has, changed. It has. It has. It, it has. It has things to say, and there are some interesting messages behind it. But it is yeah. a. But it is a stark, bleak, and mostly just. You'll spend Darkly. you'll spend a lot you'll you'll spend a lot of the film going, what am I watching? And I watched some real, overtly bad stuff. Yeah. But it is it was it, it was just a little bit surreal for my taste, or certainly the mood I was in at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. And then finally, um, having watched the original, enjoyed it more than I expected to a little while ago for one of episode. I watched the Howling Two, oh. um, hyphen your sister is a werewolf. <laughs> Um, it's the one with Christopher Lee in it. Is that legit? Is that the title of it as well? Yes. Your sister is a werewolf. No, she's not. She is, you know, she was their werewolf at the end. It's, it's, I think I got a bit confused because my brother. When you said, have I seen The Howling 2? For some reason in my head, I was thinking of Fright Night 2, which, uh, so this, this is 1985 as well. So it came out pretty much pretty yeah. close to the, why is it say? Howling to Werewolf Bitch on Letterbox. Oh, I think that's Streber Bitch. I think is one another one of a like a subtitle for it. Um, okay. I think we should probably do an episode on the Howling Two because it is an insane movie. It is absolutely bonkers. Not going to tell you it's good, but yeah. I'm going to tell you that I would absolutely watch it again in a heartbeat because it is insane. And the one thing I've learned from watching. Howling to colon your sister is a werewolf is that anyone who tells you as a horror film fan when we're talking about the classic monsters and they go oh yeah tell you what those vampires they're the horniest of all the of all the monsters they've not seen the howling too okay horny old though yeah humping, it, it, humping legs leg humping humping a lot of things man get down i get mean off just have a um just have a just have a quick, give it a quick Googs if you like. Have a quick Google of the Howling Two, and just look at the image search. Just look at some of the Is things. It safe up there. Should I mean, I on, should I put on yeah. safe search? Oh no, safe search will need to be off for this. I'm afraid it'll need to be off. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we've got, uh, sort of like a a a, a throne with a wolf head above it. Interesting. Sort of BDSM, kinky. There's some people on leads. There's some, I mean, that's classic 80s werewolf makeup as well, like with the... Yeah. Oh, Christopher Lee in some sort of like wraparound some amazing, sunglasses. Amazing sunglasses, like the ones that you get when you're a kid. You can see like the little halos and the rainbows that come off lights. Yeah, the kind of sunglasses you see when a ma- when a middle-aged man is skiing. And you yep. go, wow, man, those sunglasses or really are so... Or if it's the 1990s and you're pretending to be from the future like a robot man. Like like Geordie the Forge, like Star Trek glasses. <laughs> is is werewolf sex? 
bestiality? I mean, uh, I guess half. It's got, <laughs> it's got no more, no more bestiality than it would be to to get involved with a mermaid, right? This is. I suppose it depends if the kind if it's of werewolf... two werewolves, how far they are into the transformation. True. It could either stop being or become bestiality, depending on the phase of the moon. That's true. This has got the just looking. This has got the kind of werewolf makeup that scares me. These are the kind of horrible werewolf faces that horrible wet ones scared me as a kid, and no doubt would make me feel very uneasy. No matter how sexy the movie is, make me feel very. Who's this lead actress? We do we know who she is? Oh, I have. Forgotten the name Danny? now, but I know you're talking about old Sybil. What's this film called? Dead Streeval Werewolf Bitch. Nah, don't call it that. Your sister is a werewolf. Okay, I'm adding that to the list because I do. I, I think I go through phases of returning and watching horror sequels that A, I never knew existed, and B, I've never seen. So, yeah, we, should, we should absolutely do that one because it is a wild time. Looks like a wild time. While you were discussing that, I did find that the VHS news that I was looking for. Shudder announced the latest VHS film is called VHS 99 and will release on the on October the 20th, 2022. It's all happening. Were we still using VHSs in 1999? Yeah. You sure? I felt that we had DVDs then, didn't we? Maybe. That might have been like the very first DVD released. What was the first DVD you had? I think mine was Deep Blue Sea, possibly. Now, we had some DVDs, like my dad had been working in the US and he bought us a copy of X-Men back and then I had to do like the, that was 2000 was X-Men. So I had, and then I remember having to do like the, you know, DVDs are region locked and then you can do a, like every DVD player, there is like some weird and wonderful combination of buttons you can press yeah. to let you change the region. Mm. Having to do that so I could actually watch it. I think the first... I know the first 18 rated um, DVDs I bought for myself when I when I turned 18. I bought okay. The House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. The the remake of that. And I got um, End of Days, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Absolutely delightful. Good times. Yeah, I think mine maybe was Deep Blue Sea. Uh, one of those DVD cases well, where it was like cardboard with the little plastic cardboard of the clip and then the DVDs when you first got them you had to turn them over <laughs> yeah wow Um. okay what else have you been watching though, anything else so it's been a pretty quiet week for me in terms of stuff I've been watching I have I've not seen all that much you know I've I did I, I'll tell you what I did watch Last night I watched Signs because it recently celebrated oh, yes. its 20th anniversary. And I thought, I'll go on Letterboxd and see when did I last watch Signs. Because it feels like one I watch every couple of years. I last saw it in 2015. So I was like, wowzers, well overdue a rewatch. Uh, I managed to convince my daughter, who's 12, to to join me in watching it as well. Because she's watched Stranger Things and I said, I want, to, I want you to get some more like, I mean, it's, no, it's not necessarily a horror um, it's got horror elements. I think it counts as a horror. But I thought, look, there's a great family dynamic going on in this film. I think you'll be interested in it. There's some nice scary moments. Let's let's watch it. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it. She probably, I, well, she said she enjoyed it, but I think some bits scared her more than others. Particularly Alien coming under a door, like putting the hand door. under the door. 
And then you try to like cover yourself in like pond water and then walking past the window at night now and see how yeah, she goes. She said that that wasn't too scary. She said, Oh, it just looks like a li- her her words, it just looks like a green boy. Little green boy. Little green boy. And also, like it's it's on Disney Plus, so we watched it in obviously whatever quality. You know the scene when the aliens are like, on the roof? Yeah. In my head, it's just an outline of an alien. I when, I, when I watched it last him. night, you can see everything. So He's like, ah. all right, all right. But honestly, what a movie. I think it's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. Uh, just really resonated with me and always has. I love all the stuff about like coincidence and things that are like meant to be. And there's like a higher power kind of gardener guiding us. Sorry, not necessarily a religious thing, but I do enjoy it. I think it's got a lot of great performances. Joaquin Phoenix, Abigail Breslin as Bo as well. Rory Culkin. It's just, it's just really, really creepy. I think about it like this is a, an alien invasion movie. More or less sing, single location. All takes place um, on the same farm slash farmhouse. It's just really, really well done. It's such and a music movie. And the music, Andy. Sorry, sorry. One of the best like f- themes one of the best main themes of like movies in the early 2000s without a doubt sorry go on no sorry just saying yeah couldn't agree more absolutely great i mean i'd be safe from the aliens look at my big waters that i have here oh yeah they go nowhere near you mm-hmm. this one's got a bloody hair in it um and i was going to suggest that we cover the movie on the podcast possibly next month because 20... Why Why not? 20 years is such a good milestone. And it's a good excuse to watch the science again. Yeah. And then even though I watched it just last night, I will watch it again because I love that stuff. Um, I It still gave me goosebumps. You know, there are certain moments in films which I think can still give you goosebumps over and over again, even though you know exactly what's coming, exactly how it's going to play out. There are a couple of lines in this which give me goosebumps and the finale... There's a moment, right, where there's just a shot of Joaquin Phoenix. I think you know what shot I mean. Right, right near the end at the finale, after a particular line, and it just fa- and it just zooms in on him, and he looks like an absolute badass. Yeah. And then he, uh, and then he batters. Yeah, we won't, we won't go into it, but in case you've never seen it, if you've never seen it, and you like any of M Night Shyamalan's movies, the old Sixth Sense, the old uh, Unbreakable, probably that's it. Those Rest. those ones. Oh, actually, I like Rest. Split. I like Split. I like The Visit as well. Oh yeah, I've not seen The Beach that makes you get old. Don't think I liked either of those. Beach that make, makes you get old was okay, but his next movie is Knock at the Cabin, which is based on um, what's his flavor? Paul Tremblay's book, Cabin at the End of the World. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Um, be interested to see what he does with that because it wasn't a book I particularly enjoyed. So. Let's see what happens. It's, it's interesting to see that he's making something based on an already existing property that isn't The Last Airbender. Obviously, don't mention that. Don't ever mention that. Um, you know, most of his stuff's original um, stuff that he's written as well. So let's see what happens with that. M9. I mean, I guess is it the way he's going now because the beach that makes you get old is a comic, right? A graphic novel. Right, it is. Yes, you're correct. Sandcastle. I'm sure it's called. Bloody Sandcastles. Colon, the beach. The this beach makes you get old. Uh, don't come to the beach. Um, apart from that, you know what? I've not really seen much else this week. It's That's all right though. It's a little bit of stuff, and of course, we know what we have both seen. We've both seen in the mouth of madness. We've both seen in mouth. 
Oh, madness. Uh, yes, we have. So, about time we got around to this one, I think, on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, In the Mouth of Madness is a 1994 American supernatural horror film directed and scored, obviously, by John Carpenter and written by Michael DeLuca, stars Sam Neill, Julie Carmen, Jurgen Prochnow, David Warner, rest in peace, uh, and Charlton Heston. Uh, and the plot is an insurance investigator begins discovering that the impact a horror writer's books have on his fans is more than inspirational. I mean, that's not the best, to, uh, the the best sort of plot summing up ever. Yeah. So this is so this is informally the film that is the third installment in John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy, preceded by The Thing in 1982, which, of course, yes, we have covered on this podcast, and Prince of Darkness 1987, which we have also covered on this podcast. So doing the middle uh, chapter. We're doing a bloody... Well, yeah, what does it say? The third installment. Oh, in, this is the third installment. Yeah, the third, so we've done, yeah, we've yeah. done it in order. So, yeah. Oh, some choice reviews as well. Let's, let's dive into those choice reviews. But first... 7.1 on IMDb, pretty high. 3.8 on Letterboxd, pretty high. All right. 58% critics, they scoff at this. Seventy-three 73% audience, they're loving it. Uh, choice reviews, Todd Gaines says, Sam Neill, solid as a rock. Sutter Kane, the anti-Stephen King, warped, twisted, demented, trippy, a mindfuck from the horror master... John Carpenter, three and a half stars. Uh, Mike Ginn says, don't believe Sam Neill as an unreliable narrator. He's just too reliable. He is three a very reliable man. Three and a half stars. Um, Spencer says, Sam Neill changes his accent like four times in this. Three and a half stars. He does definitely get a bit more of his natural accent when he's telling, <laughs> when he's telling um, the lady not to throw chips at someone who's driving the car. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good point. And then finally, Comrade Yu says, love that Carpenter opens and closes this with super cheesy butt rock theme music. It's so fucking great. Five stars. I will go on the record and say, of all of John Carpenter's themes, this is the one which I think I always... If I'm like, oh, open an album of John Carpenter's themes, this is the first one I look for. Whatever He did his reimagined themes, didn't he? Um can't remember what that album was called um that he re- released a few years ago and the version of in the mouth of madness is spectacular is he loves him uh, how did how did the comrade describe it butt rock cheesy butt rock it's just it's just amazing and yeah. you know john carpenter has got amazing themes pretty much every single one is is iconic and this one is just just insane insanely good um yeah so you see seen this seen this bad boy before I've never seen this one before see this is a weird one right because sorry not 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 meaning to jump ahead of you i'm just trying to um add to that i i'm pretty sure i've seen it and then i convinced myself i hadn't seen it but then i watched this t- this time around and i was like i remember all of this so I must have seen it before. At uh, maybe that's the trick then. Maybe the Sooty Kane is writing you. Maybe he's writing me. Don't write me, Sooty Kane. I'll write you right back. All right? Don't get involved. Axie, mate. Um, Do you yeah. know what it reminds me of as well, right? Um, sorry, again. <laughs> I've got so many thoughts 
pinballing around in my head, Andy. I apologize. It reminds me of the movie Phantoms with Ben Affleck. He was the bomb in Phantoms, y'all. Um, based on Dean R. Koontz's uh, novel Phantoms. I guess you would also say he's a Stephen Kingite or Stephen King like. Yeah, but he's anti Stephen King, isn't he? Anti Stephen King. Basically, like a weird small town where like everyone's either gone or weird. That's what Phantoms is. Again, not a film I've seen for years, but I was getting serious Phantoms vibes. Have you have you seen Phantoms? Never seen Phantoms, you know. Oh, it's, it is a nineties, uh, so nineteen ninety eight. But listen to this cast again. I'll get back to the film in a second. Rose McGowan, Leave Schreiber, old Saber Tooth himself. Two, yeah. two alumni of Scream, right there. Um, Ben Affleck. Uh, oh, that's about it. <laughs> oh, oh, Peter O'Toole. There you go. It as well, I strongly recommend. If I mean, if you enjoyed this sort of vibe, then I would say Phantoms. Phantoms is for you. Yeah. Okay. What were you saying before um, I rudely interrupted? No, I. Sorry. Sorry. Um. So I'd not seen this before, which is incredibly surprising. Bearing in mind, I think The Thing is maybe one of my favourite horror movies. But oddly enough, until we watched it for the show, I'd neither seen Prince of Darkness or um, In the Mouth of Madness. Not through not through lack of interest. Just one of the things I never got round to. Um, so this was, this was a first-time watch. I think it's one that is definitely already worth another watch for those additional details. It's got some interesting quirks to it. Um, but you can see the the DNA of the of John Carpenter to it, especially some elements of the thing in some of the visuals we get later on. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, um, and it's kind of a bit meta as well, isn't it? Which is yeah, which is good, um, which is interesting. And I know it's supposed to be like a riff on Stephen King, the old Sutter came thing, but there's still a lot of Stephen Kingisms that are kind of there. Uh, you know, a writer being very prominent in in a, in a story and this kind of like what is, is this essentially penny crayon the movie yeah but sort of with writing it's got lots of lovecraft to it i guess as well it's a super lovecrafty thing where there's a yeah well, well don't read it you're mad you see their monsters <laughs> they're all they'll get all up in you you know this um, thing yeah 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 it's indescribable We've yeah. done this before. We've done we've done this bit before, but it's bloody indescribable. Indescribable, unnamable. Although try they do, and, try, they and do try and describe it. it, can't. Wouldn't even try. No. You could like I. Has it got tentacles? Yes. Well, that's a good start. Just, that's a if good description. Describe, yeah. Got tentacles. It's wet. It's like we don't get. What's good about this film, I think, is that we don't get absolutely loads of like monstery bits and bobs. It's kind of saved for a very particular scene um but yeah pretty effective do you know what i see i know we'll get into it then <laughs> we'll get into it i'm gonna say it now just in case i forget the scene where he's running away from these monsters reminds me of labyrinth when the cleaners are coming towards in the tunnel are coming towards uh i think it's hoggle and he's just running like a bloody hell bloody hell some bloody cleaners run run in a straight line you can't go anywhere else um, what I'm trying to say, I think, about this film is that it feels so familiar to me in a way that, like, it has reminded me of so much. And I feel, I feel that's why I enjoyed it so much is because it feels kind of, it feels like a comfort watch 
even yeah. though it's, even though it's not a film I've seen loads, I'm pretty sure I've only seen it like maybe once, twice before. It feels like a comfort watch because it reminds me of a lot of things, especially like mid nineties stuff. Yeah. It's this got a lot of like mid nineties like vibes to it, hasn't it? It could easily be an X Files episode as yeah. well. And the other thing that got me as well is watching this a bit of a it's like the missing link in in horror credentials because seeing this I wouldn't have been surprised when I saw Sam Neill in Event Horizon years later. But yeah, having not seen this, having seen Jurassic Park as a child mm. and loving it, of course, then to see Sam Neill in Event Horizon, it was such whiplash. It's like, oh, you're a nice man. But now, actually, oh, yeah. seeing these other things, like Sam Neill has a, a fair amount of like horror um, yeah. To his name, he's been a nice. Well, I guess he's a is a nice man in this one, but he's just in a horrible situation. So you got nice man in Jurassic Park in a horrible situation, hates kids. By the end, likes kids. This one, nice man in a horrible situation, insurance bloke, uh, goes a bit nuts as you would. I think yeah. anyone would go nuts. And then of course, Event Horizon is. I guess is a nice man that gets possessed by by ghoulies right the nice man that gets mugged off hell in space he does draw a nice uh crucifix on his face on this one although he's told he's only given one black crown he made that black crown go far (laughs) he really made room his whole his whole outfit and his face and what we learned from the film though is that sam neill in this film is exceptional at crafts when he does some cutting out later on he is so quick it's unbelievable i'm like how have you got your head around that that's that's insane yeah. Um, but I think what Sam Neill does in this movie, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of range. I think. Yeah. He does stuffy, um, insurance. What is he like? Insurance. Well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll come to it, shall we? He's an insurance badass. What is what he is? But for the insurance beginning, badass. So in terms of uh, cast, I was quickly mentioning the cast. Sam Neill plays John Trent, who's the lead uh, character, the insurance badass. Uh, Julie Carmen plays Linda Stiles, who is the like editor, editor at, yeah. at a big publishers. Uh, where Jurgen Prock now as Sutter Kane, he's a yeah, he's essentially a big rock star horror author. I guess in the same mold as Stephen King, because uh, he yeah. gets name dropped in this movie as he well. He is like Stephen King, but he looks like um. Neil Neil Gaiman, he looks quite a lot like him. Yeah, he's got the old Neil Gaiman bouncy hair. Yeah, uh, David Warner as Doctor Wren. Obviously, we mentioned. Well, actually, I don't know if we have mentioned, but he yeah, David away. Warner was. I think the reason why this came up, like we were trying to pick a classic movie before we went to all the new releases we've got this month, and mm. the sad news of David Warner's passing, and this was mentioned as one of the films that he was. Yeah, that he was known for. Thought, well, what a time to. Yeah, go and watch it. Of course, uh, obviously, in lots of other sort of horror movies as well. He's in The Omen. Um, I think he make, he makes an appearance in Scream, one of the Scream movies as well, if I remember. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the reasons. In Scream Two, is he? Yeah. Uh, did you? Uh, Charlton Heston is like the publisher man. Yeah, dude. Uh, Francis Bay as Mrs. Pickman. She's in Happy Gilmore. She's in Happy really. Gilmore, and she's one of the a, cer- a certain and... paper boy. I was going to ask you <laughs> this. I was going to blow your mind when we got to it. Yeah, yeah for the Darth Vader himself, Hayden Darth Christensen, himself. delivering the paper. 
And finally, did you notice the man with long hair who was like one of the townsfolk, the one who like had a little boy and a little girl? Do you know that? Oh, is? you know, Vigo Skirtrukapathia. Is that it, who you're talking Vigo, about? the Carpathian himself, um, played by Wilhelm von Homburg. What a name. What a champion. What a champion, yeah. Um, what a true hero. One of those, I'm going to say, what, the only two films I, I recognize him from, definitely. That and Ghostbusters, yeah. That and Ghostbusters, yeah. when I, where I used to live in Tamworth, there was a man who used to drink in a bar that looked exactly like Vigo Scourgeokopathia. He's in Die Hard as well. Got to be just one of the one of them thugs the terrorists. Um. Okay. So, yeah, that's it in terms of who, who stars in it. So it opens obviously with the badass main theme, as we've already mentioned, which is yeah, like, some uh, lovely butt rock. It's it's just um. It's sort of like glam rock meets. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. It just sets you up for what is a film that I guess you should expect not to take itself too seriously, but to be pretty out there, pretty intense. And we're rocking out to the work of the printing presses. Oh yeah, I enjoy that though. I've always enjoyed like, hey, come and watch this program about how a donut is made and what happens to the whole. Yeah, love it. You'd love to see it, wouldn't you? With like an excellent rock soundtrack, but with. The How It's Made Ian Lee documentary style showing books being printed. Fascinating process. Yeah, absolutely fascinating process. And are we right to think, I don't understand this because it seems like they're printing books based on a fil- a book that they haven't even got the manuscript of yet? Well, I guess this is in media res. This is now. This is happening before the events of the film. Uh, okay. Oh, Flash yeah, of course. It's kind of like a, yeah, of course, we've got like flashback, haven't we? Yeah, because in a bit, Sam Neill, when he's in the insane asylum, it'll look at the camera and go, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> well, no. Record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got into an insane asylum. I mean, yeah. I always think... All, oh, these, all, these, cray- all these crosses crowned onto your face. But yeah, we see what happens. So there is um, just the assistant hanging out at the um, insane asylum. Lovely peaceful hospital. Um, and then Sam Neill gets marched in in yeah. a in a straight jacket absolutely raging they say oh put him in number nine kicks one of the orderlies in the balls yeah he does and he headbutts another one i think or is it yeah just he's he's really going for it and they throw they throw him into the padded room did you recognize the um is it a doctor guy yeah i did recognize him but i couldn't think of who he was um so john glover plays oh god what's his name John Glover plays Sapperstein, and the only re- the only thing I recognised him from, I'm going to confirm it in a second because I don't want to just say it out loud. Oh yeah, I, I can Batman see Batman and Robin as Doctor Jason Woodrow, who I think is the scientist who like gives Poison Ivy a bit of jip, and then she goes, "Have a kiss," and then he's dead. <laughs> dead. He's also apparently in. Oh, that's where I know him from. He's Daniel Clamp from Gremlins Two, the guy who owns the <laughs> oh, building. Yes, he is. Wonderful, wonderful yeah. shape. So that's that's who he is. That's where I know him from. So he's a he's running the hospital, but we don't really see very much of him. No. no. Um Sam Neil gets up and just like an insane person would say, he's like, I'm not insane. Um That's what not, they all say. I'm not insane in the least, but although he does make a good point, he does apologize for kicking the orderly in the balls. He goes, I'm so sorry about that. Um just it was a lucky shot, you know. Hmm. So but he does he does 
vehemently insist that he's not insane like an insane person would um but then changes his mind because he's looking out um he's looking out into the corridor and he just thinks better of it face plants into his mattress obviously can't put your hands out he's got a straight jacket on yeah um difficult wouldn't it for anybody and then i guess he's there for a little while because he's has some time with a crayon to draw he's loads there of for crosses. a little while because I think he comes around to the idea of being insane. He's like, actually, I don't know, I'll stay here. So he asks for a, a singular black crayon, and then he goes and draws various different types of crucifix all over the all over the padded cell walls yeah, and his face. Oh, I suppose he. I guess once you settle down, and then yeah. you can have your arms out. Now you're probably keep me in the balls. No. All right, no. then you can have your arms out. So he, he's done some lovely drawing he's decorated his cell and then david warner another like i guess he's like the head doctor of the hospital yeah head comes doctor. on yeah comes on to see him and he says oh actually i've come to get you out of here let's talk about what's going on he goes oh actually prefer not i'd uh i'd love to stay here because i've decorated now this time <laughs> But I've actually see, decided is much better off in this padded cell. Yeah, he, and I don't think he explains at this point why he wants to. But actually, I'm I'm quite happy in here. Mm. Um, does John Trent says I'm quite happy in here, not just because I've decorated. I suppose what you're going to want to hear. This is his version of. I suppose you're wondering how I got here. He said, yeah. like, you want to hear about the they them the you know the the things that are, that any paranoid schizophrenic would would claim they see in their delusions i'll tell you exactly what they are and then are we, we made to think that there's some strings go and we go back in time are we made to think at this point that there's some sort of like epidemic pandemic happening in the outside world where i don't think we've given any indication of that yet i think it's just that sam neil is mad and he's explaining why he's mad i want to know why you're mad well it all starts when i was ha- as an insurance investigator I was doing my best insurance investigating. He was, and we see a bit in the office where a man's getting all sweaty because Sam Neill has caught him out in a bloody, bloody porkies, isn't he? What's that? Your old company burned down and everything you ever owned is burned down and now you're claiming on the insurance, yeah? And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing because, <laughs> because that's what happened. Okay. Saw your wife the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saw her wearing this jacket. Saw her wearing this jacket that you said was being burnt down. Oh, I just went and bought a new one. Nah. Said, "Well, how's about then? How's about?" And he's getting sweaty because Sam Neil's bearing down on him. And at first, he's like, "Yeah, it is hot, isn't it?" But after a while, he's like, "Be hot and put the aircon on if you like." I'm, I'm all right. I'm not hot because I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> um, but um, he's like, "Oh, funny enough, your wife was really helpful when I showed uh, this other woman also wearing a lot of these jackets that you like to buy." And he's like, he exclusively just giving out jackets to people. He yeah, anyone he's anyone is married to or having an affair with, they'll give him one of those jackets. Don't want these jackets, yeah, I do. It's like a team uh, jacket. So that's pretty much it. They've got him hook, line, and sinker. The wife helped, and he says, if you go into business with your wife, try and make sure that what do you say? You're not fucking about. Fuck about, yeah. You go in her back because she will. Let's be honest, be absolutely fuming. She'll absolutely roll roll you over. She'll throw you under the bus and you'll be busted, mate. And, and they then... go out, for, what was it, for a celebratory wimpy? Yeah, they got, they got to wimpy. They got for a bender and a bun at the local <laughs> wimpy. Um, and, you know, to celebrate what's happening. And one thing I didn't get here, the insurance, the, the, the guy who's the boss that's the insurance company is like, oh, blimmin' hell, 
why not just come and work for me? Because mm. um, none of my salesmen can pick up fraud like that. I would argue, insurance company owner, that your salesmen don't need to pick up insurance fraud. That's what your fraud investigators are for. Yeah. But um, fair All enough. Right. Have, you, have you sold anything? Sold a bit, yeah. Did you pick up any fraud where you're right? No, that's not my job. Useless. Yeah, because I don't deal with claims. I deal with selling insurance. Come on. Um, no, no wonder he's expecting that of him. No wonder he's disappointed. He's <clears> like, oh, come and, come and work for me. I guess thematically this is important. He's like, oh, no, no one pulls my strings. I work for myself. You know, he likes he likes his independence. No one pulls my strings. I'm not a bloody puppet. All right. Yeah, uh, ain't no Pinocchio. Independent, independent insurance. I suppose you can, like a rogue insurance investigator. Just like yeah, if you're the best, you might just you know they come in to get you to do you like a private investigator. I guess. Yeah. Good point. Um, and while this is happening, while they're having a lovely wimpy in this conversation, a man like comes out of a like a cafe or something opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone runs around, everyone disperses. And... Everyone runs away screaming, but they don't notice, even though they're having quite a quiet conversation. Yeah, they still like don't that notice. bit in Spider-Man 2 where Dr. Oxford <laughs> was a car through the window. Basically, um, I want to have a conversation with this guy so he can tell me where Spider-Man is. Uh, I definitely need him alive because he's the only person who knows where Spider-Man is. I will throw a car <laughs> through the cafe window where he sat there having a lovely... In a way that only Spider-Man could dodge. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute, you... You completely dodged that before it even came through the window. Like you got some sort of spider sense or something. He's like, nah, nah, well, I'm just a. You probably learned a... that from the knowing who Spider Man is. You tell me. Are you Spider Man? No, I'm just a photographer. All right. Now, yeah, I'm going to take your girlfriend because why not? Uh... But this isn't what. Um, don't worry. That isn't what the deal is. Uh, Sam Neill isn't Spider Man. I mean, it's just as dangerous, if anything. He is surprised, but it's Axe Man. It axes the um axes the window and then yeah. he stands up and goes to Sam Neil. Oh yeah. Um... Sam Neil. <laughs> funny, funny question. It's probably an aggressive way to ask you this, but have you read do you read a bit of uh, Sutter Kane? And before Sam Neil gets a chance to answer He would have answered. For oh knows that recommendation. But the, the axeman is Shot to pieces by the local police. By the trigger happy uh US police force, uh New York, I guess, police force, NYPD. Although to be fair, if you want to be trigger happy, it's probably when someone's bearing down on you. I would say axe. on on this occasion, probably justified that mine was lifting an axe to chop someone with standing also, on a table, already rude. John Trent. He's a, he he laughs afterwards like he's absolutely having a whale of a time. Like the bloody <laughs> <laughs> hell, that was close. I mean, you can get your kicks. You can go on a roller coaster. Uh, you can do do skydive, do something else. What he likes to do is almost be killed by an axe murderer uh, whose eyes are how would you describe these eyeballs split in two? He's like got double. He's like got double. Not just pupils, he's got the double coloured bit. So he's got double eyes, like in that mummy film. The, oh, yeah. The, the mummy. mummy. <laughs> he's got double eyes, like in the mummy film called The Mummy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, what's kind of weird is that John Trent just goes on to the next job, which happens to be involving Sutter Kane, the man who was mentioned in what could have possibly been the, the last moments of his, of his waking life. Yeah. Just goes to the next job, like, yeah, what's this? Sutter Kane. Yeah, he I'll seems okay out, with it. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so they go to Arcane Publishing, where the director Jackson Harglow, played by Charlton Heston, is asking him to investigate the disappearance of Kane. And then they quickly managed to make a connection. They're like, you know that bloke with the axe who was like governmental? He's like, yeah, I was there. I was there. I was there. That was Sutter Kane's agent. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, Sutter Kane only communicates through his agent. All right, where's his agent? Um, You met him, actually. Have I? Oh, was, it, was, it, was, it at the, was it at the big uh, company get-together? No, no, that axe man. Axe murderer apparently went insane, killed his family after reading one of Kane's books. Oh, yeah. That seems unfortunate for everybody involved. Yeah, a real, and a real page turner. And, it be, and it, in the meantime, like uh, Linda Styles comes in, old Stylesy. Um, yeah, I, I know. I keep in... saying, do you do you recognise Linda Styles? But do you recognise a men- a movie I've already mentioned on this podcast? Do you re- do you re- recognise her from anything? Um, Styles is from. I'm having to look it up. I don't <laughs> recognise her immediately. Oh, Fright Night Part Two. Yeah, Fright Night Part Two. Um, yeah, that's what I recognise. Recognize her from. I think that's the only, comes that's in. The, probably it's... the only thing I recognize her from. To be fair. immediately, their relationship is kind of weird. It kind of yo-yos from flirting to being really rude to each other constantly, and it's that's like she, I... she comes in <laughs> and is like, because <clears throat> oh yeah, but he right behind he... his head as well, like literally, like a little cough to interrupt, but mere inches from his head. You'd be like, yeah, it's... there's no space. The one thing that we haven't, we, it's a very, John Trent, one of his major character traits is that he loves a dart. He's always punching one. He's having, Jesus Christ. I've never, I mean, I know it's the nine, <laughs> it's the nineties, but it seems like he's, he's punching darts like he's going out of fashion. <laughs> like his life depends on it. Like I've just finished that. I'm going to punch this dart in a lift, in an office. I'm having a big meeting in, in a <laughs> literally everywhere. He's sucking down those tabs faster than Doc Cotton does. He's really, he really goes for it. Um, sure think, think of a, think of his lungs. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's obviously got powerful lungs because he can slurp up a cigarette in one. He can slurp up a cigarette and he can scream like nobody's business. So I think he's all right. Yeah, he's doing okay. Obviously, he hasn't hasn't affected his lung capacity that much at this point, despite the number he smokes. But Stalzy comes in is like, oh, put that out. And then he's like, "Oh, do you um have you read any of his books?" And he's like, uh, no, I don't reckon I'd be interested." And he says, oh, "You probably wouldn't get it anyway, but he thicky no brains here, thicky no brains. Put that cigarette out in my mug, will you? Which has got loads of symbolism. Oh, the mug as well. It's the it's the merch of madness because it's uh, madness, it's yeah. Sutter Kane in the mouth of madness. I feel like you could definitely buy one of those. I feel like I want one. I feel like you can get them on Redbubble now. Oh, definitely, most definitely. I need one." Uh, yeah, and then when they leave the office, like basically John Trent's like, okay, I'll go and do some digging. But yeah, they've got a weird sort of thing. Does he kind of ask her out as There's well? It's a bit of a flirt. I said, oh, would you like to get together after hours and look after this? I said, um, John, this is part of your job. You can do it in hours. That's fine. You can get together and look over the information. Oh, yeah, now. But you know what I mean. Like, uh, we might start doing that, but then get a little bit distracted and end up, John Trent, what are you saying? You absolute. Yeah. Wrong one. Uh, oh, these jeans are a bit itchy. <laughs> Keep work and pleasure completely separate, okay? And I know you kind of like to blur the lines of it because you're always smoking. Because you're a freelancer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He's getting out there. Who do you think you are? Do you, I bet you charge by the hour, though, so come on. I'm not staying with you all night. Get out of my life. Yeah, get on with it, John. Um, because I'll tell you what, you should read the books. And i tell you what, man of his word, he's, he grabs all the books. He's double fisting them. He manages to read his entire back catalogue in an Doesn't evening. she say, though, she says, something like, basically, right, these books, they are the bestsellers. Like, don't they say the bestseller, the bestselling author of the century or something? Yeah, he said, oh, he absolutely knocked Stephen King into a cocked hat. Oh, yeah. But she says, but sometimes the books cause disorientation, memory loss, paranoia in less stable readers. That being said, if those things, if they're very big sellers, they're outselling Stephen King. You know who else has outsold Stephen King, famously from the movie? Old Goosebumps. Old (laughs) R.L. Stein's still laughing. Yeah. But he's having memory loss and paranoia from reading his books. Yeah, but he does give him a warning that viewers, well, readers beware straight away. So that's it, actually. Those unstable minds read it and they've got time to fortify themselves to go, oh, I'm going to read this. But I'll read in, this, I'll be all right. I'm in for a scare, so I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm not going to go That's all Sarkane needs on the this. front page. So yeah. Trent, so yeah, double fists in them. Is he reading like, has he got one book, two books open in front of him and he's just reading them like that? Yeah. There's like <laughs> several people in this book of any Johnny Five in these books, like <laughs> flipping them. But read them all, I was never going to be able to discover where he is. Um, and then let's be honest, he makes a fairly, I mean, I could stare at these book covers for weeks and not make the discovery he makes. Before he does that, though, before he makes his discovery, he has to have a bit of a nightmare because on his way home from buying the books at the office, he sees a policeman thumping a homeless person in the street. Yeah. Um, and he says, he kind of looks at him. The policeman goes, you probably want some of this as well. Do you want some? <laughs> Which is the universal uh, universal thing for wanting wanting a fight is just looking over. You know, when you just look over and someone goes, what are you looking at? You want to fight me, do you? Oh, yeah, that's, I want to fight you. That's why I was merely looking. Yeah. That's why. I didn't walk over and start anything. I was just... uh, 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 yeah, I was. Uh, I could put it to you. You point the finger at me. You got to think of those three pointing back at you, Mr. Policeman. Um, you yeah, were thumping a guy in the street and... I was just looking to see what was going on. If you weren't causing such a blooming ruckus, I, I wanted know, to make sure you're a police officer, not just someone cosplaying. 
Yeah, chicken someone's ass. But um, yeah, do you want? Do you believe monsters? Do you want some truncheon in? I'm going to club you right up, mate. And he's like, oh no, thanks. I'll just go back. I've got eight novels to read tonight. Thank you. You man with loads of books. You're some sort of bookworm. But I'm going to club you to within an inch of your life. Uh, yeah, and obviously affects him because John Trent has a horrible nightmare where the police officer is clubbing someone, but he's got the face, a face which looks like a sort of a boiled ham. <laughs> yeah, he's got ham face. Classic. He's got ham face, yeah. He's and got he ham may... face and then a load, the, the axe murderer that he wasn't bothered about before but is bothered about now, and a load of other axemen kind of mm. menace him towards the policeman and they get stuck in and all start oh no the the axeman originally he says thing he says that he sees you talks about yeah. because oh but he he sees he's you. like sauron yeah sauron it? or jake sully oh no people see jake sully from avatar <laughs> so it's, it's not they're not avatar flirting he's, no. he's it's in a sinister sauron fashion he's saying oh he sees you and so then is, is this when he sees a poster as well like in the alleyway which is advertising yeah. one of the books the, which is um Something about Hobbs End, isn't it? It's Hobbs not... End is the series, yeah. So he sees the Hobbs End thing. He sees it in the street for real, then he sees it in the nightmare. Yeah. The nightmare people menace him towards the policeman. The axe murderer, in turn, gets axed by all the people. Yeah. And then he wakes up. An axe murderer gets up. axed. That is incredibly ironic. Yeah. I mean, that, that should be lyric and ironic, considering Alanis Morissette's ironic doesn't actually describe anything that is ironic just bad luck. Incon- inconveniences inconveniences yeah. yeah this song should be called inconveniences like for example a no smoking sign on your cigarette break would is inconvenient a yeah. no smoking sign on your cigarette break working for the agency where you really campaign for banning smoking that would be that's ironic <laughs> you campaign to have those signs up now they've got you yeah, that's all right, but not quite, not as catchy a line, I guess. But you know, we move on. Yeah, um, yeah, harder to write a song in that way. Um, but um, he wakes up, um, and it's a fake wake up. Where yeah, see, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this in any movie, let alone a John Carpenter movie. Now I understand why it happens, and I pref- I don't mind it happens in the sort of like the middle of a film. Don't like it when it's like at the start of the film. That kind of grinds my gears. But yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever done a fake wake up? Oh, what? Like where I wake up and I just go about my day and then I realize that that is also a dream. Yeah, in th- I've done it in that sense. I've never had a nightmare wake up where I've woken up from horrible nightmare and then ham-faced policeman is next to you on the sofa still. Yeah. Jesus, how'd you get in here? I've never uh, done that. I've I've woken up and like you gone about having like a benign day it's like oh i've gone yes, and yeah. i've showered and got ready and like gone into the office and done, and then woken up again and thought, oh, i don't think i have done that, done though. that. my dreams are far too avant-garde to be considered <laughs> to have any level of like just standard routine to them what's that oh i'm just floating in the air with a giant inflatable pretzel oh i uh, have <laughs> wearing wearing marshmallows on my feet while i have I have benign, I have dreams like that where things where things are surreal, but I entirely accept them as normal things yeah. that I know are just a thing. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to work. Yeah, yeah. The um, 
my office is a bouncy castle. That's just what it my is. My office is a bouncy castle. Pretty lovely. It's, it's lovely. It's nice. You don't have to do one of those um <laughs> tests. What was it? Was it that sort of <laughs> evaluation to see if you're sitting right at your desk? You don't have to do that because uh, no matter bouncy what castle. happens, what position you're in, you you're bouncy. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've. I, yeah, I've never, I've never had a, a fake wake up dream. I had a recurring one about an extra room in my house, which is cursed. But that's all right. That's oh. another story for another time. Jesus, the cu- new, new installment of the Conjuring universe, potentially. Yeah, potentially. And to be fair, now I think about it, having never seen the Mouth of Madness before, the room itself is a bit like a cross between the church that the characters go to at the end of this. And the Temple of Mumra the Ever Living from from Thundercats. Jesus, this sounds amazing. But oh, it's horrible. In, in my dream, it's just I'm going to tell you now. Actually, I've started. I'll finish. Oh wait, it's only in your dream. It's not in real life. No, not in real life. In real life, it's a house that I accept as my house, and there is just a bit of it that I have that I never really go to. And then when I go in there, it's this weird temple slash church place, and then. It's like the place notices when you go when you go in there and starts responding to you, and you very subtly feel while you're in there that sounds start happening and things start moving, even though it's completely empty and there's no one there. Get out! This horrible whispering starts, and I have to leave very quickly in the dream, and then make sure uh. that it gets someone else who is like just a passerby that's appeared in the dream. Yeah, yeah. You're it's a to, horrible, horrible thing. You're gonna have to do some sort of exorcism slash. You're gonna have to do yeah. something just to make sure. But it doesn't exist, and in the dream version it of my exist, house, no, but yeah, yeah. in the in the dream version of my house, it's not my actual house. It's something oh, that I accept oh. in the dream is my house, but it isn't. Got you. Um. Yeah. Very strange. But anyway, that's what's happening with uh, with old John here. He wakes up. He has a fake. He has a fake wake up, then he really wakes up and goes, Blooming hell, I've probably shouldn't have read six novels in a night. And I, I probably shouldn't have read all these novels in a night, right? Because uh, it's the equivalent of binge watching a TV show, you know? Just take your, just take your time with it. Now I'm going to fly through this. I'm going to listen to the audiobook on 900% speed. Yeah. Okay. Just really intensely getting those information, but it does give him the idea. Obviously, John is a guy that does things fast because he looks at the things. He's got ink on his hands from... Why has he got ink on his hands? Did he, did he hold the book too hard? That's what happens when you read. Don't read to the extreme, okay? If you read to the extreme, you end up with ink on your hands and your eyes will be burned out of their sockets um, and you'll have horrible dreams. But it gives him an idea to... I'll tell you what, if I ruin these books and their value to the second-hand market, if I just rip the covers <laughs> off... yeah. And then I snip out the little red lines. Did you feel? I felt a bit sick when he started cutting up books. Reckoning. Very, very wrong. He wrecks those books and then he gets the scissors and he chops out all the little bits and he goes back to the office the next day and goes, yeah, solved it for you. Look. Imagine you committed to that and then you realised what your idea was. Your idea was completely wrong. <laughs> just, 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 they don't even fit together. But they do fit together. It makes a little... It makes a little map and it says um, Hob End, where the um, Hob End is not Hob End, is it? Uh, Hobbs End. Hobbs End. It is Hobbs End. Yeah. Hob End. Hob End. Are you Hob End? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so it, it makes it is like the map of like New Hampshire, and he's drawn a little overlay, which is almost like clear plastic, like the uh, like you'd have got, an overhead projector. Uh, got no HP acetate. Acetate, yeah, that you'd, that you'd have on an HP <laughs> on an overhead projector. Uh, when you put song lyrics up there on the wall in the nineties in primary school, you do your uh, hymns. To do your hymns or hers. To do your hymns and. <laughs> Yeah, and he goes, look at this. Look what I've done. And I go, insurance investigator, or are you some kind of Columbo man? Pretty master detective. Um, so they go, yeah, that, that town doesn't exist, they guess. Oh, there's all sorts of old yeah, And It's like, that that house doesn't exist. That, that town doesn't exist on the map. He's like, probably doesn't an old map, though. <laughs> and they just go, yeah. All right, then. Off we go, then. Um, Stalzy goes with him. Um, to investigate, yeah, and off they go, and off they go on the road. So they essentially, go... this is like the way Stephen King treats Maine, isn't it? It's like a, a town mm. where he grew up, and it's essentially like the setting of almost all of his books. And I think that's the way they sort of describe it. It's like this place is Hobbs End, where he lives, and it's pretty much where all the books are set, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, and 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 away they go to Hobbs End. Um, Stalzy falls asleep on the way, but Sam Neil, after driving for all, he wakes her up with. He opens the glove box and he's got a squonky horn in there. What? A little squonky horn. Squonky horn. <laughs> and he wakes her up in the most childish manner, squ- squonking the horn. He in the, in the face of a woman he doesn't know very well. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, and from the interactions so far, they don't really seem to get on. They don't seem to get on. There, I mean, maybe there's a bit of chemistry there, but you know, John Trent probably thinks so because he thinks he's, I think he thinks he's hot shit. Let's be honest. Is he punching a dart at this moment when he wakes her up? <laughs> there are very few moments in this one when he's not. Even when he's asleep later on, he's like got one hanging out with. Not... Oh, yeah, he's he's it's like bloody... Slash from Guns and Roses. Constantly got a little a little tab on. Put it in the neck of his guitar. Just leave yeah. it. There. Yeah, it's always he's always like pounding those durries, getting those coffin nails, and he's always um he's always he's always got one on. Um, but yeah, he wakes her up with a squonky horn that he has in his glove box for no reason, and he. Yeah. She throws no reason. It's for it's for it's for instances like this when he's in a car with someone he doesn't know very well and he's sick of them falling asleep because his conversation isn't good enough and he's going wake up. He's already done some singing. Um, yeah. So he wakes her up. She throws some crisps at him. He, yeah. He gets his uh, not vinegar discos. They look like yeah. He, yeah. He goes. Hey. He gets his Australian accent back for his. Um, Don't be throwing crisps at me, mate. Can you fly? Proud of flying chips at me. He's Australian, yeah. isn't it? That's close enough. <laughs> what? It's close enough. Close enough, and that's all we want. Yeah. Um, he goes, Oi, you're flaming galah. Don't throw many chips at me. Uh, never throw chips at a driver. Good safety advice, actually, if you are yeah. listening to this. Squonk a horn at the passenger. At absolutely. Passenger. Literally, so, anytime you want. Do not throw chips at the driver, though, anyone that's driving. You know those drivers who pretty much think that because they're driving, they have all the rights in the world to do whatever they oh, want. I get to choose the music, actually, and the temperature of the air conditioning. I get to choose the music, the temperature, the speed at which we drive, and what the snacks are. And uh, you need to pass me that drink because I can't open it. Yeah. And yeah. I can squonk a horn whenever I want, but you mustn't 
I repeat, that mustn't throw crisps at And me. I can do this occasionally, just suddenly just go, whoa. Yeah. I could do that if I want, and it'll scare you. Um, but yeah, you're not allowed to throw crisps at me. Um, they have a break now. She, he's, um, John's had enough having all the power, and he goes, actually, I'm going to have a lot of sleep, Stalzy. Do you want to drive? And she does. Um, but then she, she starts to have like some weird experiences. She's a little boy riding the bike. And then not a minute goes past. Now it's a bloody Terror Hawks looking guy <laughs> driving along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Terror Hawks looking guy. Initially, and I mean absolutely no disrespect to Mr. John Carpenter, the master of horror. But initially I was like, is that John Carpenter? <laughs> and is it? I don't know. I mean, it looks like someone who's got like a in Michael Myers fashion, a John Carpenter mask. It looks like, and we've we've this is the second time we've done this in recent episodes. I swear I've mentioned this already. It looks like Spike Jones in Jackass when he's dressed like an old lady. Yep. What would what did we mention that from already? Oh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I think it's Pearl. I think it was like the X movie. That's right, Pearl. It's like you can tell that's not a person. You can tell that that's like a mask. Or makeup because th- their eyes don't look right <laughs> on a big paper mache head. On a big paper mache head with hair that looks like what bubble bath foam. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we forgot to do the air. Just scoop. That's all right. Run a bath. Scoop all the bubble bath foam up and place it precariously on the head, and then make them ride a bike. And then you ride along like the little ghoulies from from Poltergeist. <laughs> they like they they're going along, uh, little old man. And uh, she goes, she's driven past him once as a little boy. And then, you know, with his little cards in his spokes. Yeah. And she goes past him again. He's an old fella. And then she goes, cool, that was weird. And then while she's looking at it, he's coming straight for him. I mean, to be fair, what's he playing at? He's got no lights on his bike. And he's, what, he's driven past her. And then he's quickly just turned, gone as fast as he can the opposite way. Turned again. And then comes, I mean, it's just bizarre. I guess the, the road they're on is a bit Pac-Man-y, right? So they go off one side, they come back another. Uh, we see this a bit yeah, later on. That's likely. So he's been Pac-Man and he... <laughs> so he's got... He's been Pac-Man and he basically comes out through the vortex in front of them and just bounces him off the bonnet. And then she stops and then they go and check to see if he... Oh, it could be a little old lady. Is all right. And then he kind of gets up like angrily like, Yes, but he wouldn't. He says something like, "Oh, you won't let me leave." By then, oh yeah, and yeah. Then just get and then gets on and cycles off again. This whole scenario is, is very is very strange. It's obviously supposed. I guess it's what it makes me feel is that like getting to Hobbs End, you kind of pass through this weird, almost like different dimension where time isn't linear, and you know, because you got a little kid on a bike, then you got a, <laughs> then you got an old man on a John Carpenter on a bike, and. <laughs> I don't know. Bubble bath hair. Um, Yeah. So reality is distorted severely. And then she kind of falls asleep at the wheel, um, but wakes up and she's by the bridge from Beetlejuice. And they found the way to Hobbs End. If anything, falling, right, disclaimer here, this is a joke. Falling asleep at the wheel, if anything, just makes your journey go quicker, right? Yeah. Because she falls asleep at the wheel and then they arrive. So. <laughs> they arrive safe and sound. They arrive safe. That's and the, sound. the magic of the magic Next of time cruise you're driving, control. You're like, this is a bloody long journey, and I'm bored. 
Just have a little nap. Don't do that. That's yeah. very silly. Very, very silly. That's up, there, that, that's up there with throwing crisps at the driver. Don't do that. Yeah, you will kill someone. Um, but yeah, it's like nighttime, and then what? Something's on the what's on the bridge? Like uh, just a sign that says "Welcome to Hobbs End." And I tell you what, Sam Neil has slept through all this. He wakes up like <laughs> absolutely oh. fully refreshed. Oh my goodness! He's got, a solid, he's got a solid ten hours. Not even eight hours. He's gone the extra mile and got ten he's hours. He's got better than a normal night of sleep. Um, so yeah, he's good. oh, Blumenell, that was brilliant. Oh, and we're here. That's nice. And it's a perfectly idyllic little town, except there's no one around. Starzy sees some kids running about, but they're not really there. Um, <laughs> I just saw some kids, and now they're not really there. Um, so so there's sort of like the connections between things from Kane's novels, um, obviously because the editor, Linda, has already read all the novels, because she's the editor, and John Trent has, has binge read them, so they all know the people and the landmarks and stuff, and in Hobbs End, it almost feels like they're in this version of, of the town. Yeah. Uh, from the books and John Trent I think just believes it's all staged he's like this is a bloody some kind of publicity stunt which yeah. they've gone to the just invited one man for this publicity stunt yeah they've invited him along to do this oh I don't think we actually said they've they've sent him to find um Sutter Kane right said so, oh because you know he's a you're trying to con the insurance company with this hoax and they're like no honestly we're not mate we either want you to find him alive, in which case we'll good, and we've got the book, or prove that he's dead. We'll still get the book, and you know is, we'll be again, able to is this do a the job, things. Is this a job for like an insurance guy? Maybe it's just this freelance thing. Maybe he does all kinds of. They're like, can you find this missing person? Like that is. Yeah, not a job for the police. This, this is in. This is a yeah. job. For, the police will say, "Have you tried speaking to John Trent?" Yeah, that's how that's how well known he's renowned is so so much they'd ask him to do it. So they decide to stay in the hotel. Um and they book in a bit presumptuous and he books one room. He goes, Have you got you got a single room, this hotel that's otherwise empty? Um yeah, I'm afraid only one left you'll have to share. Um <laughs> and Stalzy sees like some disturbing images. There's like a painting on the wall that's turning around and looking at her. Yeah. So like every time she looks back at it, it like kind of changes. There's like, yeah, looking, and 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 kind of resembles her a bit. Would you say? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and she explains this to John in the room. So oh, it's different. And we've got to guess that. Fair play, you've made a good point. But look, if you look out the window, this is meant to be a church, and actually, it's just a old warehouse. And guess um, you obviously haven't read the books very well, John. You prick. Because actually, it's an east view, and she opens the window on the other side of the room. What a hotel room? Two different views out of two different, oh, like, no. like, um, two different who compass directions. Who cares about sharing when that's the view? Yeah. Um. Look at here. The big church is there. Um. So it's all. It's all kind of being proven to be. Um. You know, to be as they say, Hobbs End is a place that they have gone to. They yeah, call along, okay. they they kind of go out and try and do some investigating in the church at this point. Yeah, and that's when they stumble across a, a mob who have approached the church. The mob come like out. Calling for Sutter Kane to come out and he does a big extravagant entrance where 
he opens the glass. It's the little boy, little, little yeah. John, John, Johnny boy, is at the door. That's what Vigo Scourge Capathia, who is a member of the mob, says. Is it? Yeah. Johnny classic, boy. Classic mob as well. You know, if you're going to be a mob, uh, they've all got shotguns, which is good. They you do know? have and later shotguns. Later on, they have torches. And I don't know if I imagine this, but are there pitchforks? Probably. There are definitely torches, though. A classic um, mob. So Johnny, Johnny boy disappears, and then renowned author Neil Gaiman is uh, Gaiman is 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 there in the door with his, bou- with, his with his with his bouncy hair, and you know what he does? He releases the hounds. He releases infinite Dobermans on the is the dope the Resident Evil Cerberus dogs. Um, pretty scary, and considering that the the um. The mob have got shotguns. Oh, completely ineffective. They don't even completely try ineffective. them. They're like, they're like, I ain't shooting a dog. Shooting a guy, I would have been fine. <laughs> I would have been fine with shoot blasting that guy away. But shooting a dog was trying to kill me and rip my juggler out. I am not gonna do it. Fair well, that's where that is where I draw the line. So they don't even try to scare the dogs with the guns. They all just get overcome by dogs and eaten <laughs> or chased away. Eaten, chased away, kind of like. Their sleeves ripped. Oh yeah, the trouser cuffs. All that embarrassing stuff, you know. You can't just can't get away. Yeah. So it's all, it's all going awry. They still can't agree what's happening. I think at this point, um, Stalsy basically says, "Look, um, I was. This was meant to be a con. We were going to like, we were using you to try and." Use this as a publicity stunt for you to say, "Oh, he really is. Dis- he really is disappeared, and we found this weird town." But ever since we arrived, none of this is none of this is what it's meant to have been. I don't, like, I don't believe you. There was not meant to be anyone. There's not meant to be anyone here, let alone these. And these are the people. These are the people from the stories, right? This is the this hmm. is the, this is meant to be the people from the stories. Yeah. So they have a bit of a falling out and they go out. Um John has a quick chat on the front desk with the old lady and she's blatantly kicking her husband under the desk. He's handcuffed to her leg. Yeah. Which seems weird, doesn't it? Like, oh I don't know, maybe tie tie him up, put him in the cupboard. But no. Handcuff him. Is he naked as well? Yeah, handcuff just... handcuff the naked old man to your leg. Yeah, and, he and continue look at... go, to continue going about your business as receptionist in a... and like, shut up, shut up, Dan. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> There's yeah. a guy going, oh, I'm I'm yeah. no. Oh, I'm naked under the desk. What's that? No, no, I have no idea. Um, yeah, nothing. Nothing. While this, while this is happening, I think Linda goes to the church, doesn't she, to confront? Well, she goes out, and then maybe this is a. I'd need to look into the cutscenes or anything. It feels like there's a cut here because she goes out, and loads of those kids are there. And they've got horrible, oh, horrible yeah. spiky teeth, and they go, "Oh, you're our mommy," and today is mo- and today is mommy's day. In the cut oh, of yeah. the film, in the cut of the film, we get we're only led to assume she goes, "All right then," and then just walks off. Yeah, it's a bit weird because there's a lot of stuff that sometimes happens where you like. This is quite scary. Like, so why isn't she terrified? Or is she in a dream and she knows it's a dream? That's why she's not terrified. Or is she kind of in on it because she doesn't seem to be reacting in a way what you would when there are a load of kids turn up and they've all also got faces like boiled ham. Yeah, they've got they've got the ham face and it looks like their lips have been chewed off. Yeah. Um they're like horrible little wrongdens. 
Um, but that's fine because she nips to the church and in there, um, it's old Neil, old Sutter Kane himself. He's in a big sweaty room on his typewriter. A big sweaty room on his typewriter while, while a door nearby throbs. A door like all smeared in gunk and marmite. Yeah. A big gunky door. Almost like he's almost like he's, he's living, breathing, and he's almost like trying to keep it at bay or maybe trying to release it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, again, very Lovecraftian. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very Lovecraftian, very... but also I was getting like Lovecraftian slash obviously John Carpenter, but also like Clive Barker vibes as well. Yeah. Those, those, but those vibes combine to give us this, this church. And he goes, I'll tell you what. Um, you can edit this book from the inside because you're actually in this story now. As you can see, I control all this stuff here. Mm. Um, first, he had me. He was like, "This is going to be a this is a great book." I've been I thought I was making this stuff up, but it was being actually everything I write was coming to me from beyond this door. Mm. Um, it's going to be a new Bible. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right? Do you know what's always needed a sequel? I thought Bible. Bible. Right. Everyone loves Bible, and they like the original Bible. Forget the Testaments. I'm going to write Bible two, with two <laughs> the two like backwards. No, yeah, Bibles, and there's the S is a dollar sign. Um, <laughs> but the um, he's like, I'm going to this. This is basically going to be the new Bible that these ghoulies from beyond this door tell me all about. Hmm. So I'm going to do this. And goes, tell you what, do you want a quick read of it? And she only has to have a glance of it, and she Johnny fives it. She's like. It all it all goes into a mind, um, yeah, and, and immediately insane. And we send and we see this a couple of times. And we see like several little flicks forward to like things that will be in the film in a few minutes. Um, you know, she yeah. sees she sees a couple of images that come along, and you're right, it's made her go absolutely bonkers. She's got bleedy eyes. Meanwhile, uh, John has been and had a chat with Vigo at the bar and said, "You are an actor, are you?" And he goes, "No, I'm not. Like this is a." This and he unique... looks like he's been beaten up, doesn't he, old Vigo? Yeah, he's been battered by the dogs, I guess. Um, and says, "No, no, no, he doesn't." He says his daughter did it. He says like his daughter. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think he says his his daughter did it. She was lovely, and then suddenly she just went about a guts. Oh, you. that's right. And he says, "Oh, you need to get out of this town before it happens to you as well, because the the things here." And I'd be like, "My daughter ain't here, so I'm fine." Yeah. Plus, I reckon I could take her. Even <laughs> if she was mad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then he, um, he puts a shotgun in his mouth. Oh, that's later. He just he just says, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course." He just yeah, says, yeah, "You yeah. need to leave right now." He pops back. Stalzy comes back to the hotel and it feels like her, her sanity is flashing red. It's about to run out and she comes in. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm losing myself like the end of Karma Police. Uh, <laughs> um, and she's, and she's kind of like mooning about in the hotel room, just like flopping about the place going, Oh, I'm at the very edge of going mad. I just need a little something to tip me right over and then I'll be mad. So mad that I turn into like a monster, uh, like like the thing. Um, oh, do you have to? And he's like, oh well, I tell you what, I'll. Right, we're leaving right now. I'm going to leave. So John goes downstairs to see, and the reception lady is she's the thing now. She's down in the she's down in the basement with a big horrible neck, 
trying to <laughs> saw her husband off, and he's a big worm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a sentence. She's down in her basement. She's got all of her neck. Husband's a worm, and then loads <laughs> of tentacles come out of her. She's pink. got a, she's got a big long neck like a like a thing giraffe, and she's got tentacle tum. I mean, what would you say? You just go, "Ooh, this is weird." I'm oh, gonna leave. You wouldn't want to walk in on that. And I think that's Sorry. what John does. But he walks downstairs and he sees that she's where the where her husband is now, and the paintings change as well. It's not a painting of a weird looking couple anymore. Now it's like Cthulhu Groots <laughs> by the riverside. Now it's like I'm at... <laughs> It's like a load of horrible old wobbly spineless monsters uh smushed and blobbed and just lying there at the riverside can't go anywhere can't do anything yeah they're, they're just uh, blobbling about and then yeah meanwhile that's maybe representative of what the husband is like we don't really see him we just see he's he looks like old chewed gum um attached to a leg by a thing she's chopping him mm. he goes back upstairs sees the tentacles Again, a, like a very the thing effect, like the dog when it first opens up and is yeah. the thing. Oh, like, yeah, there's loads of those tentacles sort of, around. Um, yeah, there's loads of those, like, uh, how would you describe them? Like thin, licorice-y test- testicles? Tentacles that kind of make a noise like this. Yeah, whippy, like yeah. Whip, licorice whips going around. That, I mean, oh, and that was it. When when Stalzy first went mad, she leaned in and gave Neil Gaiman a kiss. And he's got a big like quarto from Total Recall on his back. <laughs> yeah, he had a big, he had a big horrible mate. He had a big old Voldemort head. What was the yeah. Voldemort head called? Just Voldemort, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. On the back of what's his name's matey. Name? God, that, um, that's a Harry Potter, Harry Potter reference. That is, that is not, not like me. An- another, another best-selling book series yeah. by a <laughs> by someone who maybe is bad by um, a problematic person who probably thinks that they're right in the bible too as well bible right oh yeah thinks that they, maybe she's getting it from a pulsating door to hell um who yeah, knows probably. in her in um, basement well um, hopefully probably so yeah when she yeah she she's there and yeah neil gaiman has like a scabby little it's like Brahms the boy too in the back of there on the back yeah. of his head yeah. um and yeah he, like... goes, he goes back upstairs Stalzy is a tentacle thing now she opens the door and just kind of biffs him down the stairs yeah so he goes so um john has decided that enough is enough and he's gonna leave town but like, I think that's cool is what he this, says this is where it all goes insane right because then he tries to and he's getting pac-man around um Stalzy gets back in the car and starts acting really strange. He says, "Oh, he, he wants me to. He wants me to give you a kiss now." Yeah. So there's like a like a the, the mob is outside as well, there, but and all of them are quite. There, some of them are disfigured, some not so much. The slowest mob ever. You'll always get away from them. They're slower doing, than like the zombies at Night of the Living Dead. They're doing a ring around the roses round sign style round Stalzy. Yeah, that's right. And then one of them, one of them, like with an axe, like notices John Trent, but kind of just runs past him, screaming, <laughs> "Or you, or you!" Uh, and then a classic. She tries to eat the keys as well. She does. He gets in the car, she's trying to start it. She oh! gobbles up the keys. Do you know how much he... these cost to get cut? Oh, it's one with a dinger on for the car, so <laughs> you have to get that recoded. Got um, it. So because she's eaten the keys. He opens the glove box. And I think I thought to myself when he first Christmas. went for it, is I thought, 
The squonky horn? What's that going to do in this situation? <laughs> maybe you'll do it. Discos. Maybe you'll do. Maybe you'll squeak it next to it to scare her and spit out the keys. <laughs> Uh, but she, he doesn't. He just uses a knife. Remember that he punches her more than once. Well, they have the a pu- they have a punch on when yeah, they first get there. She thumps him, and he thumps her right back. It's a really <laughs> weird exchange. You at me? I mean, I know. Look, gender roles. Have one. Knuckle shuffle. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're a tentacle monster now. So, yeah, it's fair enough, though, isn't it? The, the, the three the three genders men women and tentacle monsters yeah um it is a spectrum after all that everyone has a certain degree of tentacle monster that they are oh, or yeah are. some more than others um yeah so they, they're there they try to leave he uses the universal tool for being able to um to be able to pick a lock a knife he just jams it in the ignition Classic. In the eighties, in the eighties and nineties, why ain't anybody bothered making car keys? Is beyond yeah. me. Just stick a knife in there. It, well, when does when does Vigo commit suicide? Then I think it's a roundabout. He goes now, so like all of the things. Like now, we just get some surreal moments. He goes into the bar, sees Vigo. He goes, uh, "Actually, everyone's mad now. I am checking out of this. See ya." And he goes, "No, don't." And he goes, "He goes, I shall." I shall. That's how I've been written, or something like I've got to, or something like that. Yeah, kind of going into this whole thing about free will and who is really controlling everything. They yeah. try to leave, and he keeps a predator sound effect comes on, like the predator vision of boom, boom happens, and then he keeps reappearing yeah. in the town again. Eventually, he sees oh Julia gets out of the car at some point and becomes a backwards walking exorcist yeah. with like a really veiny neck. Horrible veiny neck. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows what Sarah Kane's trying to achieve by doing this. I think then she gets out of the car and becomes an exorcist person. And yeah. John Trent shits his pants. He's writing this in his book. So first he goes, oh, he wants me to give you a kiss. And then it's like, aha, actually he wants me to be a monster and try and get you. Yeah. Um. So eventually he teleports back to the town again. He's quite happy to run over the other mob people. But then when he sees Styles, he swerves, crashes the car, and he has to dash off to the it's church. It's weird, isn't it? Because I thought he was just going to put his foot down and, and smush her. <laughs> but he sees her, and he does a weird sort of like... It's a weird swerve where he's kind of like, bloody hell, I suppose I will crash then. <laughs> it's just really weird. It's not like he's shocked by it. He just kind of goes, crash. And that, and then, uh, yeah, and then he's KO'd. And when he wakes up, he's in the church with Linda. And this is basically where Sutter Kane gets to do a big like monologue as john wakes back up in the in the church he goes into the confessional the Mm. um sutter kane appears with him and then before you know it they're in these kind of there's a real surrealism and like a dreamlike quality to this one because you do just appear in these different places and he appears in his writing room now um, and he encourages him to, you know, basically says, you are like one of my other characters. I've, I've written you. I control what's going to happen. Um, if you don't believe me, read it. Read the book. And he goes, I don't want to really. I ain't got time. Um, yeah. Like, oh, is it on audio? And he goes, oh, yeah, I reckon your books are shit, mate. Your, your books suck. Yeah. Um, and he goes, well, you are going to deliver this manuscript to the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm God now, by the way. Um, and that's pretty much what he says, isn't it? You're going to take a new Bible, and I am God. You'll take okay. the message out to everyone. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of what it is. He argues that he knows what reality is, and he says, "No, nah, no, nah, 
I, I control reality here. And then we get some really good imagery where this is a great moment. For me, I was watching this. This is where the film really kind of clicks into place and it becomes something far. It's been interesting enough as we go, but becomes a whole new level of interesting at this point where he goes, oh, I've held them back all I can. He steps back and he kind of tears himself, yeah. disappears, and then he leaves like a, a hole in this pulsating door, which from the other side is pages of the book with text on it. And then he goes and stands at the edge of this precipice. And then it feels like Stalzi is reading from the book. Yeah. But she's basically describing exactly what John Trent's doing, which is like staring into the abyss and the abyss stares back uh, and they're terrible monsters. So the monsters are referred to as the old ones who essentially will reclaim the earth. And I guess that's like a HP Lovecraft sort of thing as mm-hmm. well, isn't it? Um, these, these creatures, these unnamable, indescribable creatures who will claim the earth. And, uh, you know, you can describe them because we do see them in a second. Yeah, they've got the double, they've got double pupils. They've got like spooky eyes. They have big orid teeth. Um, they're quite grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit grey, bit blobby. They seem like all different shapes and sizes as well. They look a bit wet. Yeah. They look a bit labyrinth, Jim Henson puppet-like as well. Like in some clips. To be fair, we've made more of an effort to describe them than H.P. Lovecraft ever did. Oh, yeah. But, you know, if even if you just Google it, there, there's a pretty good couple of shots of what they potentially look like. Um, obviously, a lot of time and effort has gone into the practical effects. Um, I like these. Kind of, they're good. It's kind of a shame we don't see a little bit more, but, you know, it's a lot of close-ups, a lot of, uh, yeah. I, I guess that leads into the fact that they're indescribable because, you know, with the descriptions of them we just gave, you would struggle to be able to draw them, right? You can't get a good full, yeah, a good full picture of what they might look like. But he's running down, um, he's running down this this corridor. Stalzi couldn't come with him. She goes, "Oh, I I can't come. I've I've read to the end of the book." Yeah. Um, he's been given this manuscript. Um, I did wonder as Sutter Kane put he finished typing the last page, put it on top of the thing, and then closed the 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 pile. He's like, oh, that's my book finished. I thought to myself, have you been writing it backwards? Sure, that last thing you wrote was the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then she turned the turn the box over. Um, um, but he he's almost set, seized by these monsters, but he falls over to wake <laughs> up screaming in the road. And little Hayden Christensen comes and give him gives him a newspaper. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a weird sort of cut, isn't it? Where it kind of is suddenly daytime. He's out of the house. He's just in the road, and he sort of says to little Hayden Christensen, "Do you know a place called Hobbs End?" And Hayden Christensen says no, and then goes off and kills some younglings. He goes sand people. No, no, Hobbs End. Oh, okay. Don't mention those because I hate them. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so he's apparently back in reality, and then he goes back to New York. Um, no, no, first of all, he destroys the manuscript for the book. So, yeah, he goes to a hotel nearby, and then someone has delivered the manuscript to the book to his room. He goes, yeah. Well, sucks to be you, Sister Kane, because I'm going to burn this. And he does. He burns, burn the shit out of this burns it in the sink. Thankfully, he's got those cigarettes to use. To <laughs> yeah, I was like, That's a bit dangerous. Come on. What the... Where's the fire? Where's the fire alarm? Uh, not in those days. Smoke no. wherever you wanted. Not um, in those days. 
so he um he burns it all up and then he goes for a meeting with the publisher saying oh yeah so Stalzy went missing and he's like no like you definitely went looking for Sutakane on your own he says well yeah you know you're never getting that manuscript though because I burned it and he's like no no you bought me the manuscript about <laughs> yeah seven Last weeks spring ago or something yeah we've already published it here's a copy of it and doesn't doesn't trent say something like we need to recall it oh yeah because not hundreds upon or thousands of people <laughs> have, of read it. have already gone and he has that moment on the bus as well so when he gets back to new york he rides on the bus it's your background here where he sees sutter kane he's like oh did i you know i want you to know that i p.s as i mentioned earlier i'm god now um I can I control everything. So did you do you know, for example, did you know my favorite color is blue? And then he wakes up and everything's and he's like, I much prefer red. I prefer <laughs> red is much better. Yeah, he said, yeah, he was a <laughs> the different versions of the original Pokemon game. He was like, <laughs> yeah. he was like, what? right, you know what? Blue Blastoise, mate. It's like, oh, I wanted the Charizard version. How could you? Um but- also, um, He's told that there's a film adaptation in post production because then they say something like, "What, what, what about for the people who don't read?" Is like, oh, you worried there's a film in production already? Yeah. Um, it's covering all the mediums. It's going to be filmed. There's going to be a. He's like, "Yeah, this is this has basically been. It's a done deal. You delivered it, and it is, and it is out." Um, and he kind of tips him over the edge and then we see yeah uh, i'm assuming this is a flash forward because uh sam neil's looking quite disheveled um sweaty dirty in the same sort of way as the agent earlier the axe man and now john trent has taken on the role of axe man and when somebody comes out after reading the book or while reading the book it seems oh, and, and it's a, yeah he's coming out while reading it. he's immediately got bleedy so eyes doing him. that and he's like oh do you read sutter kane and he's like uh, yeah, I do actually. It's like, oh, in that Great. case, you'll understand exactly why why this is happening. The axe is the kid. No, I assume that's what landed him in the that's hospital. That's what lands in in the uh, asylum, I guess, yep. isn't it? Yeah. And then we we catch up to where we're at the beginning, where he's like, Whew. and that's, that's my story, how I ended up in this madhouse. So actually. Um, this is going to continue to get worse. It's going to take weeks or months, but it's going to be insane out there. And in 10 years, maybe less, all that there will be of people is a bedtime story that I assume monsters tell to monster children. Yeah, it's a weird sort of, it's another weird sort of, again, this is Stephen King. It reminds you of Cell a little bit where um, like madness is a somehow somehow like an epidemic like a disease that's kind of like passed on and obviously yeah. this is passed on through through text um what's that pontypool the uh weird kind of zombie film where somehow like sound carries the virus i think oh i don't think i've seen pontypool but i it does sound it does sound familiar yeah that one and it's in um i think DC used a similar thing in um, the recent couple of series called Deceased. It's like the, I guess it's kind of like DC's more contained version of a Marvel zombie story, but it's um, 
where the anti-life equation is basically used and it makes everyone go insane that that hears it and they start killing people and they can infect each other but it is initially transmitted by knowledge or a signal and that's what's basically happening now people are mutating and turning into monsters and having incredibly violent outbursts because of it we haven't seen this yet but sam neil basically says well john says i'm going to stay in prison because actually this is probably the nicest place um very lovely yeah he said this is much nicer and then the doctor finishes the story goes to leave the other professor um daniel clamp comes to see him and says how's that then because i'll He's mad. He reckons Sutter Kane thinks he's God and is the cause of the uh, the world. The world is going to go insane because of him. Oh yeah. Um, and he kind of says, "Do you do you read Sutter Kane at all?" And he's like, "Oh, bloody not you as well, mate. Good night. <laughs> Give it a bloody break." Uh, I'm going. going, I'm going just, I've heard him going on about it for the length of this movie. I'm going home. Um, and then. I guess we just see a flat like John hears cr- crashes and bangs at the night, and then maybe it Weird is the space of one night, yeah, or is it just a flash forward in time again? Because he then gets up and the door is clawed open, and yeah, he wanders out into a largely abandoned, ruined world with someone on the radio saying, Hey, careful, because people are. People and people are mutating. People are doing these terrible things. Um, they seem to be driven by like a a pandemic of insanity. Mm. Um, but he's out in the world. So John thinks to myself, I'll go to the pictures, and you'll never guess. Um, the posters have got him on them. Um, and you'll never guess who's. Uh, you'll never guess what's on at the cinema that's still operating. <laughs> it's still operating. Who's operating it? Someone. You know, people are going to want to watch this. So, yeah. Um, and it is it's in the mouth of madness that's on and it's the movie and it's the film that we've just watched yeah it's shot exactly the same way the same sort of uh shots and literally everything isn't it? and he's having he's having he's at the cinema he's having a whale of a time he finds it very funny um he finds it absolutely hilarious um i don't think i've ever looked that happy while watching a movie apart from maybe hotel transylvania 2 i laughed a lot at when we, when I saw, I mean, a long time ago, I remember laughing quite a bit when we saw like something like South Park at the cinema for the first time. I was at a key age for that. I remember laughing very hard. Yeah. But um, maybe not quite as much as John does here. No. And I wonder how that film ends because will it end with him going to the cinema and eventually watching himself, watching himself? Yeah. More people just keep walking in. And it's him again. Just and more and more screens back that it's watch that's watching it from. And it'll just be a never ending um, post credit scene. Post credit scene until there's infinite amounts of John Trent. Um so yeah, he breaks down laughing because I think he finally realized I was a character in the book all along. I'm a nutcase. And then it ends, of course, with the fantastic uh, rock, main rock theme, music. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, a, what a wild time. What a crazy yeah. one. It was a good one. I, I enjoyed it. I think yeah, it's definitely got a bit of a sag, possibly, in the middle. I'm, I'm not rating it, don't worry. But I think, for the most part, it is a solid uh, John Carpenter movie. And I think... I probably prefer it to Prince of Darkness, to be fair, out of all the other... Yeah. Oops. 
it's, it's, it's oh I don't know it's because there was some really wild stuff in that towards the end as well I don't think as the the well I think we'll review it in a minute for the minute should we keep things on track and close out with a little bit of the name game yeah keep it keep it alive in Luke's absence yeah have you got any any anything I got I got a couple for you um so one of them um. A guy who lives in the northern hemisphere of the world thinks to himself, oh, I'm, I'm feeling really glum. To cheer myself up, I need to go um, geographically downwards towards the equator until I am below um, latitudinally the uh, town that is known for being the capital of just happy times. This is kind of crazy. If you've, I'm, I'm kind of sure we might have the same one or very similar. Um, is the capital Happy Times in England? I mean, I've made it up. It's not a real place, but um, yeah, this is what you might call it. Of yeah. happiness. I've gone the south of gladness. Is <laughs> this one? Gladness is pretty good. Um, I'll I'll do mine next. It's very similar. Uh, a man who's pretty glum. Uh, not, actually, what am I saying glum? It's nothing to do with him being glum. A man who lives in the northern UK mm-hmm. uh, decides to come down the country <laughs> a little bit um, <laughs> until he gets below a seaside town on the east coast to see if that cheers him up. He's not even glum. What are, you made me think he's glum. He's, he's not glum. Um. So south of now, what is an eastern seaside town? South of an eastern sea, seaside town, the it's the location of a of a famous literary event that may be attended by authors of horror. Oh, is uh, it? Now I've said it out loud. I'm thinking, is it there? I don't know if it is there. Actually, it's not there. South of, I think it's I, there now. Oh, I've got, I've got a real situation in my head where an answer I know isn't correct is just going round in my head. I don't think it's it like, is there. South of Skegness, Skegness, Skegness. It's not Skegness. Stop. It is Skegness. Is it south? That's of the answer. But I think I've confused you by by forgetting where the actual place is with a terrible oh. clue. But yeah, my answer is in the south of Skegness. In the south of Skegness. Yeah. Um. So you say if you had Barbara is is where it actually is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. No, I just I I feel like I'm in the mouth of madness. Barbara is where um something is. I can't remember what it's called. Um, okay, so my next one for you is um fed up with not being able to get the music he likes anymore. Um, an actor known for once portraying Superman. Um, reforms perhaps Britain's most popular ska band in the Ralph random Ralph roof of madness <laughs> what's going on I don't know she's going off I won't Alexa say, just say Gene Hackman yeah <laughs> about Gene Hackman um yeah Brandon give me a clue so give that one more time with Alexa not chittering on in the Ralph of Madness. I've gone for Brandon Ralph of Madness. Right, yeah. Brandon Ralph of Madness. The Ralph of Madness. Very good. That's good. 
the last one I have is a um, a small rodent becomes a talisman for depression. In the mouse of sadness. That's right, the mouse of sadness. Oh, a little mouse of sadness. Bless him. That's... Talisman for depression. <laughs> yeah, that's there it for me. Is that it? Okay, no, that was good. How exciting. Uh, I guess we're going to rate the movie. Um, based on previous ratings, where I think I've stuck around B- a lot, I probably would go for a straight B for this because it's not my favourite Carpenter movie by any stretch. I think there, there are plenty out there which which beats it. Uh, but that theme, that opening theme, the Sam Neill performance, the monsters, the sort of... It, as I said, it feels very familiar. It reminds me of a lot of stuff... Um, sort of like these mid '90s movies, TV shows, and obviously this sort of um, horror writer uh, narrative as well, uh, and the Penny Crown narrative of yeah, the Penny Crown powers of writing whatever you want, and it comes to reality. It's very interesting. Uh, as I said, it's sag- it got a little bit of a sag in the middle, which I think stops it from being like a really elite John yeah. Carpenter movie. Um, but apart from that, I think it's it's solid. It's spooky. Um, and I like the meta stuff, and it's got a great ending and a great final shot. So, a B, I believe. True story. I'm going to join you. I think on a B, a B Ben. I think it was. Yeah, I think this is one that's definitely worth another, another watch and dissecting a little bit. I am quite tempted. I didn't have time um to go through it before we've recorded today, but I am kind of thinking a bit like our mate Matthew Hopkins last week. I think there's more in the surrounding things from this film that I'd like to learn about some more of its influences, maybe pick up on some more detail with another watch. I really like the meta narrative elements of it. I really like the whole idea of the where fiction ends and the, and and the reality begins and the aspects of who is in control of the situation. I like the, the the madness deployed by knowledge or a story as well. There's some really cool horror elements to it. Um, you're right. There are bits of the film that don't hold up so much or feel a bit like non sequiturs, maybe because of this kind of dreamlike state. But mm-hmm. I think from a viewer's point of view, you could have made it a little bit tighter or feel a little bit more connected. Um, maybe by just taking out a couple of those ideas or have other things that do play out, like the thing with the kids that kind of confront Starzy, but then nothing happens yeah. with that. So there's, I think there's more that I would like to see of this one. Not a perfect example, or it's not risking taking the things position anytime soon, but there's still a lot to enjoy here and more I would like to unpack with more viewings. And certainly, I think some visuals and some performances that will that will stay with me on this one. So yeah, A B. Lovely. Uh, yeah, about time we got around to this one. I think we've we've chalked off a fair few John Carpenter uh, movies, I believe, on this podcast so far. Yeah. The Thing, The Fog, Left, Ghost Halloween, of Mars, obviously. Uh, ha- yeah, no Ghost of Mars. No, we've done. We've done. They live. Um, we haven't done Christine, so yeah. In terms of horror, oh, we've done Prince of Darkness. So I think one, two, three, four, five, six, six. And that's quite a lot for a single director, 
for us to have covered six. Probably definitely one of our most covered ones on the on the show. Let me just have a quick look to see if there's any other well, you've got Village of the Damned, which was about this sort of era as well, mid-90s, wasn't it? Um, Vampires, Ghosts of Mars. I think I watched both of those fairly recently. Apart from that, in terms of horror, uh, there's yeah, nothing those... else. It's kind of like the action stuff. Those are your major ones, aren't they? Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, exactly. That's a that's one probably we... it is worth covering. Okay, there we go. That is that. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the predator prequel prey which we've already mentioned at the top of the show um looking forward to that oh, i can't wait can't wait till next week can't wait to see how that pans out that uh very exciting so um thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangouts thanks to our patrons including brand new patron nick spill thank you very much thanks nick for joining the fun because it's always fun. And thanks to all of our other patrons, including John Crinham, Patron Against His Will, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, John O'Down, and Pazuzu. So, um, thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Come and interact with us over there. Over yeah. there. Well, we're also on Twitter, uh, horror underscore hangout underscore. And we're also on Instagram, horror hangout podcast. Yes. Got a cheap, got a really tight little little username for that one. Very good. Oh, very. That's what I wanted for the Twitter, but alas, not available. Devastating. We'll, bully, we'll bully those other people off those names eventually, Ben. We'll get them. We'll get them. Uh, and finally, thanks to Andy Conduit Turner for being a right horror dude thanks ben truly finally though thanks to you for being a right horror dude well, well, and well. and luke who's out being a right horror dude in real life telling them stories isn't he luke you're never far from our hearts and you never will be yeah maybe oh no what if we're characters of luke all along oh, he God. is he is there writing about that saying oh andy and ben were a bit tired this week but they got Why through is he it really anyway. such a twat <laughs> God's sake. Uh, maybe you just don't get the character of Ben. I think he's a very complex character. Luke, can you write has hair? Just two words. <laughs> I don't mind, like, I don't mind, you know, has hair. Ben, bearded, has hair. Doesn't, doesn't have to be thick and, and, and luxurious. Just anything, please. That's good enough. Thank you. If you give me, if, you, if you're doing things, Luke, if you give me like a robot hand or something like that, that'd be all right. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Didn't say it replace my regular hand. I just want a robot hand. Yeah, one that's got a really fast action. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, see you later, everyone. Hey, goodbye, everybody. Bye for now. See you next week for Prey. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.